0: Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. On today's episode, I have the opportunity to speak with Jill Harold, who is a Clubfoot mom, an author, and founding member of the nonprofit organization Clubfoot Cares. She's also a very well-known Clubfoot advocate. Jill is the mother of three, and her youngest daughter was born with unilateral Clubfoot. Jill co-authored the book Hip Hop Hooray for Brooklyn with previous guest, Betsy Miller, which is a picture book for children that's an upbeat story about a bunny who wants to hop and has to wear a brace at night to hop with all her might. The story was born out of her clubfoot journey with her own daughter. I'm excited to talk to Jill to not only hear about her clubfoot journey with her daughter, but also about the ways that she helped develop clubfoot awareness and the community for other clubfoot parents hi jill welcome to the podcast hi so happy you're
1: here thank you so much i feel like it's kind of been a long time coming but i'm so happy thank you for having me
0: i know it feels like sometimes life has been crazy so trying to get time to record has been a little bit circumspect so i'm glad we were finally able to put the pieces together and make it happen
1: absolutely absolutely well, why
0: don't we just start with the beginning? Like give us a little bit of background on your club foot journey with
1: your daughter and where she currently is now, like how it's going. Okay. I'm going to kind of go backwards if that's okay. Okay. Because I feel like if anyone's listening, <laughs> I mean, I feel like for those who are listening, I, I want to go a little bit backwards. So my daughter is currently eight years old and mm-hmm. doing great. You know, right. if someone's someone listening to know that everything's okay it's gonna be okay, okay. so I kind of want to go a little bit backwards so she's eight years old and I, I'm definitely in denial I feel like she's still five but she's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. she's eight years old. her name's Brooklyn and she's in second grade um and she's doing really really well she plays softball she plays soccer she dances mm-hmm. um she does everything an eight-year-old little girl should be doing so she's amazing awesome. um so that's where she's at right now. Okay. Um So going a little bit farther back, um, um, I had found out uh, via ultrasound
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, at my twenty-week appointment, and I could, I, I, I mean, it's like clear. I could tell you exactly what I was wearing. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's
1: like I could tell you exactly what I was wearing, and the ultrasound tech, what she said was the exact thing she said was she said the first thing she said was who in your family has clubfoot and I said um what are you talking about and she said well let me go get you know the doctor and let me do that okay so she said so they confirmed it at that point and then I um I just felt like I just kind of I I knew everything was gonna be okay. I just felt Mm -hmm. like I knew everything was gonna be okay. And it was like that moment on I felt like it was just this my husband and I this commitment that we were just gonna do everything to make this, you know, baby be perfect, even though, you know, she already was. But um and then um, you know, I just you know, tried to educate myself the best that I could, mm-hmm. and I actually wrote a list of all these things I I needed. You know, from what I had found, and I still have that list. I have it in her baby book, mm. and I list leg warmers. Mm-hmm. You know, socks, mm-hmm. socks. You know, I that's all I could think of off the top of my head right now. These things that I knew that I needed. Yeah. For the journey when she was going to be born, um, and she was born, and um she was born with a right club foot Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and uh I remember the pediatrician doing doing his rounds he came in and he's and he kind of felt her felt her foot and she was completely healthy you know otherwise and he's like I don't know maybe it's not a real club foot maybe it'll just take Mm -hmm. you know some stretches and I and I I knew that it was I just knew you know I felt like you know you know Thank you for, you know, trying to make us feel better. But um, you know, the I just knew that it was going to need the typical treatment, you know, yeah. the cast and such. Yeah. So um she was casted at I think a week a, a week old. Mm-hmm. And um we started at our local um children's hospital, which um serves several counties. And uh, she had a total of four casts. Okay. She was I would say a pretty quite typical. She was a typical club foot. She was mm. not able. Um, mm-hmm. she needed four casts, and after those four casts, she had her tenotomy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which she was actually put under anesthesia for, which okay. was that was the scariest part, I would mm-hmm. say. I Mm -hmm. actually can remember the only time throughout all this, I ever had like a real breakdown was Mm -hmm. when she was put under anesthesia Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it was, the procedure was so, so, so quick.
2: Um,
1: and, um, she recovered from that. She had, um, a cast on for a couple of weeks and then she went into her braces at that time. Mm -hmm. And, um, we braced until she was 4 years old. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Yeah, and so uh and here we are. Wow. And here we are. Wow. So Yeah, she's doing well. She's doing well. We have definitely hit some bumps in the road which we can talk about. Mm. We've hit bumps in the road, but um she's doing well.
0: Well, that's awesome. I love to, I love to hear it. And I think it is helpful for parents out there to hear that they're, that she's doing everything and that she's eight, and she's happy and she's doing things that are um, normal for girls, her age, because I think as a parent, when you first get that diagnosis, you're like, how is this ever going to be? normal or typical or whatever you want to call it. Right. Like, Absolutely. Is, is my child going to be able to do all the things that they want to do? Like, that was always my big thing. Like, I just want her to be able to do whatever she wants to do. So if she wants to do it, then I want to make sure that her feet are capable of her doing it.
1: Absolutely. Whatever Absolutely. that looks
0: like. Right. Right. So it's great, but she's able to do all the things that she wants to do. Yep. Yeah. So you're sets of bumps in the road. What do you think's been the most difficult part of the treatment journey so far for
1: you guys? Oh goodness. Um you know, very early on, we just made this family commitment, you know, and our family mm-hmm. commitment that we were going to do everything, mm-hmm. anything. Thing that we needed to do mm-hmm. to make sure she had, you know, a great medical team. Mm-hmm. We were following protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think just, I think just that all that mommy worry about, mm-hmm. like how you said, you know, I mean, you know, your baby's perfect. You don't want them to go through any challenges if you can avoid any of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Think along the way, I could pick up like little difficulties. You know, I remember um, for us personally, me breastfeeding her was such a comfort for mm-hmm. her and for me. Mm-hmm. And I could still do it with her cast and still do it with mm-hmm. her boots. Mm-hmm. So I could remember these, you know, these little kind of milestones. You know, worrying, am I doing the right thing? Taking her braces off at four, am I doing it too early? You know, mm-hmm. we can wet up ourselves forever. Right. But um you know that's not really going to get us, get us anywhere. I um I can't think of, you know, one specific um difficult thing. You know, um I I can't speak to um you know, she is 8, so we've kind of been out of it for a little while, but <laughs> I will say, I will tell you what we're experiencing right now, and um, what we're experiencing right now is she has had, even though you know, we have done everything mm-hmm. that we can do. There is still that piece that she couldn't she can relapse even mm-hmm. if you do everything right. And right. I think that as moms and as dads and as families you know, we have to just let go of, there are going to be some things that happen, even though we do everything perfectly Mm -hmm. and when yourself to feel that Mm -hmm. you can do everything perfectly, everything your doctor tells you to do, and there can still be some hiccups. So I, you know, when she, um, she woke up one morning when she was seven and she was like, my foot hurts. I can't even walk on it, you know, and it was like, I knew exactly what was happening just because Uh, I feel like I've been so involved. And so, you know, trying to find out everything I can, it was, she was relapsing. She was going through a growth spurt mm -hmm. and, you know, why is this happening? We did everything we could, you know, um, and you just don't want to see them be in any pain or have to go through anything else.
0: I know. Yeah.
1: You know? And so, um, as of right now, so she's she's gone through a couple um relapses due to. I know that is a scary word. Yeah, it's a very scary word. Yeah, and for everybody, relapse looks very different.
2: Okay.
1: The our I just in our case, mm-hmm. um, you know, our relapse came with some soreness in the foot and mm-hmm. stiffness in the morning, and I knew it was because she was going through a growth spurt. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, and for, for, for her, the way that we are conquering this, you know, is through physical therapy Mm -hmm. and she is wearing a brace at night on that foot. Mm. And so that's what kind of, we have to do to kind of combat this, this relapse that she's, um, experiencing. Um, so. I know I didn't completely answer your qu- question. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, you're still kind of, <laughs> maybe that's still the most difficult part
0: is the moment that you're in at the time and just the.
1: Right. Right.
0: And I think you're right. That word relapse is really scary. It's really big. I mean, obviously, like, I feel like I have to knock on wood every single time I say it because I'm just, I mean, she's, um, she's almost four and you're just at the point where I'm like, I I don't know if you find any comfort in the fact, but I want to look back and even if she has relapsed, I want to right. look back and be like, I yep. did everything that I could to prevent future treatment or pain or whatever that looks like. I've done my job, right? Um, And as long as I've done my job, so you may have to remind me of this at some point, if this ever happens, Absol- as absolutely. long as I've done my job, I will right. feel And be able to take some comfort in that.
1: And it's like, it goes all the way back to the diagnosis, Mm -hmm. right? Whether you found out via ultrasound or at birth, Mm
0: -hmm. it goes
1: back to, you have got to let go that you had, that any of this would be your fault. That Mm -hmm. is, you know, that is step one. And I promise you, I feel like the minute that I allowed myself to say that I could not have prevented this. Yeah. It's this not my fault.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, there's definitely comfort in that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? Um, yeah, there's definitely comfort in that and knowing that, um, you know, that you have done what you were supposed to do and it can still happen, you know? And I think mm-hmm.
2: that,
1: um, we need to remind ourselves of that. We really, right. really do, because because when you're born with clubfoot, quite honestly, that is a clubfoot their entire life. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 they are going to have it. We treat it. Mm-hmm. You know, they are healthy and happy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, when you have a child, you worry about a lot of things, and mm-hmm. then you. Put this, you know, having a club foot on top of it and your worries don't go away, they get a little bit heightened, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I definitely agree with you. I think that sometimes it's hard to remind yourself that mm-hmm. a club foot is a club foot. And so while we have this idea that it's fixable, the reality is, is that it's still always present. It's still always going to be different, no matter whether it is fully corrected or not. It's either a fully corrected club foot or, or, you know, and I think the growth spurts thing, man, growth spurts are so scary. I mean, you can't brace forever, but at Right. Your kid's growing for so, you know, for so long until they get into adulthood. So being okay with the fact that you've done what you can do, you've been able to control what you can control and then being flexible and adaptable when you get to a section, if you do, where you need to
1: do something different. And, you know, that's when, you know, you through this whole thing, you consult with different, you consult, Mm -hmm. you talk, you, Mm -hmm. you know, with people uh, at all different stages of this. Mm -hmm. Right. And so now I find myself consulting with those who have relapsed, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was going to be doing that. Um, Really? I I don't know if I did. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you find yourself consulting with different people along the journey at different Mm -hmm. stages, you know, um. To help you, and I think that um, as a community as a whole, you know you may be done bracing, but like we said, that is the foot that you're gonna that you were born with and that you're going to have, and so um, you know, just you know being able to consult with different people at different stages, yeah, you and know
0: it's the community, yeah,
1: right.
0: Right. So how did you get how did you first get involved, like become more involved in the actual Clubfoot community? So you have your own child with Clubfoot, but obviously you're a bigger part. You're an advocate for Clubfoot kids. So how did that
1: start? So one of the first thing I did was I created a Facebook group to Mm -hmm. get people that were around me in my city or my county Mm -hmm. or my state connected okay because you know it is one thing you know the most comfort I think comes from somebody who is in the trenches with you who Mm -hmm. is living this parallel life with you Mm -hmm. that is where you get the most comfort Mm -hmm. you know and I've said you know the doctor you know and and it is very well known a clubfoot um uh, taking care of a child with clubfoot 90 percent of it is done at home Mm -hmm. you know small percentage of it where you know that the doctor is doing the treatment right you as a parent have a really big responsibility Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to bracing for four years you know the doctor isn't at home with you at night that's right the the doctors they're not they're not waking up that crying baby because they're uncomfortable or hitting their boots and bar on the crib Mm -hmm. you know it's you it's you as a family unit Mm -hmm. so um I, so the first thing I did, it was, I started a, a Facebook group, Clubfoot Community of California. And, um, I remember I was excited when there was like 20 people in the group. Yeah. You know? And like now I, I don't know, I can't tell you how many I'm, I maybe over a thousand, I think, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, yeah. so that's the first thing I did. And then just, you know, in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. I can get on Facebook and I can instantly get comfort from someone.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: You know, it's 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 right, it's 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 instant. And so that was the first thing I did is started the Facebook Facebook group to connect with other families.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and uh shortly after before Brooklyn was um <clears throat> before Brooklyn was one, before she was walking I, um, created a really good relationship with the doctors and the orthotist at our children's hospital where she was being treated. And they invited me to volunteer at the hospital, oh. um, to help support clubfoot families, specifically clubfoot moms mm-hmm. on how to deal with how to deal with a clubfoot child after you leave that hospital, yeah. What clothing to wear, you yeah. know, um, um, help with breastfeeding.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, what kind of socks to buy, you know, things like that, things that the doctor doesn't really know be right. I mean, they just know because another mom told them or another family told mm-hmm. them. Um, so I volunteered at the hospital to help support families when it came to that. And that was one of the greatest experiences of my whole life. And I can remember Brooklyn was 14 months old. Oh yeah. She was 14 months old because I was volunteering at the hospital at the time. And, um, I remember showing the doctor the picture of her walking. Mm. So that is know that she, when she started walking when she was 14 months old.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, um, and then that came to an end and I, and I stopped volunteering there, but I continued, you know, growing this, um, Facebook community and setting up local play dates, mm-hmm. um, um, with other families um yeah so uh
0: yeah so then tell us how you like why did you decide to write hip-hop hooray for Brooklyn like how did that whole thing come about like how did you connect with Betsy Miller like what's the background there
1: so I am um I'm an elementary school teacher so okay, I, okay. All- through, through I think sense. all things live through picture books. It's coming you together. <laughs> you could learn everything from a picture book, mm-hmm. and um, I thought I want to write a book. Mm-hmm. I want to write a book. This will be my forever gift to Brooklyn.
2: Mm.
1: And wow. and I I emailed her. I emailed Betsy Miller, and I said, "Betsy, I want to write a children's book." Mm. She, okay. I know, she's so sweet and okay. I did not know I'm in central California uh-huh. and she is in the bay area so she's like three hours yeah. from me no idea uh-huh and so Betsy and I connected and um I can I reached out to her a because you know she's the author of the parents guide to club but mm-hmm. and, you know and B, I knew she would be able to kind of help with this um author journey if you will yeah yeah and, Her and I connected and I said, I want to, I want to write a book for clubfoot kids and I want it to be a bunny. And she, um, why I couldn't, why did you want it to be a bunny? Um, I don't know. Mm. I don't know.
0: You just had a strong feeling that it should be a bunny.
1: I did. I just had a strong feeling to be a bunny and, um, yeah and so and betsy miller was she's amazing and um I just learned so much from her, you know, with the process of writing the book mm-hmm. I mean, the book took mm-hmm. two years it took you know Crazy. um yeah, it took like I, I would say probably two years and um and now it's on amazon- Amazon, which is amazing it's like you know it's so great. Books, don't, books don't you know mm-hmm books don't go out of style if you will right Mm. you know it's like um that's right I want parents to be able to sit there and read the book with all their siblings
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know to
1: have a good understanding of like what's going on in our family and you know um you can do that through books and the conversation Uh you know I agree that's how that came about
0: uh, that's so cool. I will say that my cutie loves some Hip Hop Hooray Brooklyn and made me buy a jump rope. A, a hop <laughs> rope. Oh, it's a hop rope. A hop rope. A hop rope. And um, it's much too big. And so she's trying desperately to learn how to do it. But, you know, they don't. She's so small that I can't find something. I gotta it's not find hard. But she, um, after reading it, she was just like, I can't, like, can, I can do that. I can do it.
1: Okay. I mean, that's what it's all about. I can do it, you know? I can do I it. Can do it. Yeah. I can hop rope, you know? I remember, like, I remember planning for the book and I'm like, jump rope. And Betsy was like, well, bunnies hop. Oh. So <laughs> they don't jump. So it's hop. <laughs> and I was like, you're so right you know and then talked mm-hmm. about the foot and she's like well bunnies don't have feet they have paws you know mm-hmm. and I'm like yes yes you know
0: I yeah I think it's such a great resource for other clubfoot families like you said and also for just like the representation piece of it right it's so important for my cutie to have access to books where people are like her, whether that's a bunny or not, right? Or a human, something that is um, representing what she's going through and what her journey is so that she knows she's not alone, right? That there are other people out there experiencing it.
1: What it's all about.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What it's all about. Wow. You don't ever have to feel like you're alone right and 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 going extra mile to getting you know getting the clubfoot kids together when
2: Mm -hmm. you know
1: um the big you know clubfoot um event that I do every year Mm -hmm. that was the whole point is Mm -hmm. getting these kids together right seeing the magic that happens you Mm -hmm. know (laughs) excuse me that you're not alone and look at all these beautiful kids running and playing, you know, and the event that we have where we just get families together just to celebrate them. You're celebrating the whole entire family.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: is so important. Um, you're celebrating the whole family.
0: Yeah. I want to ask you about that. That's there's, this isn't a list. This isn't a question, but based on what you're talking about, I think it's interesting because you keep talking about your family and how it's a family thing and the dynamic. So I wonder how you guys thought of that prior. Was that something that you went into going, this is a family thing that we're going to do together, as opposed to, or was it something that kind of organically happened while you were going through it?
1: It was from the very beginning. This is a family, this is a family Mm -hmm. commitment. This is what. The biggest blessing that our family has ever received, and I say this I have learned more from Brooklyn ever. I have learned more from her mm-hmm. in my entire life mm-hmm. than she could, than she has learned from me. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know, I think there is something to be said for, um, you know, when when if it's your firstborn is a club foot baby, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there is. And for that firstborn, your first baby,
2: mm-hmm.
1: for me, it was my third. I had twins before I had Brooklyn.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I truly feel that there was comfort in knowing I've had, I have two babies,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and I'm not a brand new mom. Mm.
0: And
1: so You know, my whole, the whole time, I'm like I can do this. I can, I can do this. Um, so you had had
0: twins. So you, I mean, i so yeah.
1: not a lot uh, scares me. I just have to put right. that up. Not a lot scares me.
2: Right. <laughs> twin moms. Um,
1: right. Right. They're and the real
2: deal. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And so it was always, this is our family commitment, which is why in the book, I wanted it to be Bryson and Brayden, yeah, right? which are Brooklyn's brothers. Um. Um, I wanted them to be in the book. I wanted them to feel represented. Yeah. I wanted them to feel like they were a part of the journey.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't want that. I wanted, I didn't want them to feel that we were pushing them aside or they were ignored, or we were, you know, catering to Brooklyn with, you yeah. know, her needs. It was a family thing. And it always has been from the beginning, mm. you know, even to this day, if she has to go to physical therapy, or she's in sports, we will always support her Mm -hmm. because when that little baby of yours goes on that soccer field for the first time, Mm -hmm. when they're five years old, you will cry. Yeah. When that baby of yours goes to ballet for the first time, you will cry, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: because it is different than any other child that walks onto that field. That is that moment of like, this is such a good feeling. Cause I can remember when I thought what was she or he going to walk I know was he, or he okay. you know things like that <clears throat> excuse me um and it's like it's happening it's happening you know
0: I know I talk about that a lot in like just even the small things that she does it's like doing hopscotch is such a big deal oh, oh. I never even thought about hopscotch with my older two. I was just like, oh yeah, it's just a normal thing. But it's like all these things that now walking on a balance beam, such a big deal. Like all these things that I took for granted with my older ones that I don't take for granted with her because she, because we have all worked so hard to get her to that point. And I don't think she even really, I mean, she's just starting to now developmentally understand like what's happening and why it's a bigger deal. Um, but for her, she's just like, I'm just doing what my sisters are doing and she's watching everything they do and she's doing it all. So exactly, exactly. Yep. Yep. I'm interested to think what Do you think that there are, um, other resources that don't exist that should for Clubfoot parents? Like, where do you see gaps in Clubfoot
1: in like the parent support specifically? I think that, um, um, you know, when they're very young, you're spending a lot of time at the doctor, right? You're going Mm -hmm. weekly for class changing,
2: you know, things
1: like that. I Mm -hmm. think that's, I think that that is the starting point, mm-hmm. you know, um, as patients, we put so much trust into, um, our doctors. And I think that it kind of starts there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but the doctors have to have a place to kind of, uh, recommend mm-hmm. for these families, you know, to gain the support. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so <clears throat> um there needs to be support from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. From the very beginning. Um mm-hmm. they need to know where to go for yeah. certain things. Yeah. Don't you
0: think? I think so.
1: I think well, that's why
0: it's so interesting that you said you were a parent volunteer in the hospital because gosh, I would have lived for somebody like that. Like, and now I've learned about like there's child life specialists in the hospital that you can ask to help. And I had no idea what that was, but God wouldn't have that been helpful. Just somebody to be right. able to not even just ask technical questions about club, play, right? But just logistical right. stuff. Like, how am I supposed to do right. this while also caring? Like, what is comfort? What's her crying because she's a baby? And what's her crying because. Maybe she's uncomfortable, and how do I figure out the difference? Like I'd had older too, like you kind of know, but especially if it's your right. first child and you're trying to figure all that newborn stuff out while having a right. kid that's in right. significant medical treatment, having somebody there, um, and I think some hospitals seem to do it really well, is what I've heard, and then there are others that yeah. are, right, you know, right. struggling to find that resource for parents. And I don't think it's all, you know, I'm not saying and I that all the surgeons should have more support for their parents. That's not right. It's more right. like, how can we all as a community work together to be a team so that everybody yeah. gets what they need from the situation? But so yeah, I agree. I think I think there are places we got to figure out, like there are some great resources like Clubfoot Cares out there that you can send parents to. And, um, I think if doctors know that, especially the ones that don't have the ability to have access to parent direct support, to be able to send people places and go, here's some information here are parents that have, you know,
1: and that was one that a couple of moms and I got together and started Clubfoot Cares. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we needed, if, if the doc, if the doctor or the medical team cannot provide
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, some of that su- support on site, they can right. always say, oh, hey, here's a nonprofit Clubfoot Cares. You can yeah. go on their site, connect with them, and you could find out information on A, B, C, D, you know. That's right.
0: Yeah. So I think the more of those resources created. Absolutely. Better, the more well-rounded. Yep. So I ask everybody this. So is there a special moment that sticks out on the Clubfoot journey? Or even in your work with other families in the Clubfoot community where you're like, it's just really memorable for you?
1: Um the day Brooklyn walked when she was 14 Mm -hmm. months, I will never forget. So the day she walked, yeah. was like me finishing a marathon, <laughs> you know, it yeah. was like, I just completed a 26 mile marathon. Um, the day she walked, I can like, it sticks out mm-hmm. very, um, and another time is I can remember when she had no casts on,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um. When she got her cast off and her and I took a bath together,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I was five weeks old.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, that part I lost out on, being able to give her a bath because she had a cast. But I remember that was another moment. Just be- I was with her in the bathtub, mm-hmm. you know, and just being able to, to do that was very, very special. <sighs> another one was when she started playing t-ball.
2: And mm-hmm. she was-
1: old and she went and played t-ball and i was like this is it this, this is, is it, it. Mm. And you don't realize sometimes how much you had worried about that you kind of push it mm. you know back in your brain and then when it is happening you're like oh maybe i really was worried about that mm. and her playing t-ball for the first time i can remember very clearly um wow i know That's yeah so great
0: i'm it was also a um With all my girls, I bathed with them in the bathtub and I really missed out. I missed that. So you're right. Like I forgot about that until you just said that, but there was some magic in that. And I know some cuties when they get out of the cast, they, they are like really sensitive and they don't like being in the water, but no, like my cutie was like all about it. And I relished every moment of it and I didn't take it for granted in a way that I had before. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's a great, so if people want to purchase your book, you said it was on Amazon or yep. get in contact with you, where should they go?
1: Um, so you can find the book on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email me, email me Jill at Clubbook Cares. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great email me or you can get, yeah. And I'm, if I am happy to sign anyone's book and Brooklyn can sign the book too.
0: <laughs> and that's so special. I love that.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk
0: with me today, Jill. It was thank so, you so much. It was so great. And I just love how much you've done to bring awareness to the club foot and its treatment. And I just really, truly thank you for being a club foot advocate for all of us. Like it means a lot and it doesn't go unnoticed. So oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I super so appreciate it. And you are welcome. As always, if you've enjoyed the episode, please like, follow, subscribe, share with others. And if you ever need to get in contact with me directly, you can do through so through my website at marinehoff.com or my Instagram account at ClubfootChroniclesMom. Till next time.